Exodus 33, 11 says this, and I'm just going to read it to you as we just kind of move uh, momentarily. I'm just going to read this to you. The Lord, and hear this, take hold of this, the Lord would speak to Moses. What would He do? What would He do? He would speak to Moses. You ready for this? Face to face. Oh, I got all sorts of interpretations people have given me about this. How is this possible? How could this be? How could this... All I know is that the Lord would speak to Moses, and His presence was right there. Has anybody at one point, maybe you can only come up with one time, maybe it was a long time ago, maybe you wrote it off as just an emotion, but for some reason you sensed what appeared to be the tangible presence of God in a way that wasn't just up here, but it was right there. You know what I'm talking about? Who's experienced that at least once in their lives? It's like the tangible presence of God Almighty. The Lord will speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. And what would he do after he returned to the camp? He would then let it overflow from himself. The presence of God would overflow from his experience. See, for the Israelites many thousands of years ago, life seen around the presence of God, literally. Has anybody ever seen well, a, a picture drawn or a schematic drawn of what it looked like in the in the the the, the, the Israel the people of Israel's camp where there was four there, there was three tribes here and there was three tribes here in the in the east north in the south there were three tribes and and in the west there were three tribes and right in the center of those twelve tribes was what we call the tabernacle of Moses but really believe it or not. It was the tent of meeting is what it was. And by day, there was a massive cloud that was the presence of God. And at night, there was fire within that cloud so that the presence of God may be what? Seen. You are here, God. Ooh, right? Right? See, the Lord was so, 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 so about people being in fellowship with Him. I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord, we, 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 I preached last week, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord is not interested in your knowledge about Him. Did you hear what I just said? So, go do all your Bible studies. I'm not knocking them down. Follow me. Go do all that. That in and of itself is not fellowship with Him. Go study your Bible as a book. That's not fellowship with Him. When we dig in, when we gather, oh boy, When we are together, or whether we're alone, just with Him, 
It's about saying, Lord God, I may not feel you right now. I may not see you, but I praise you, Lord, that you are closer than the breath I breathe. And I thank you that you are here right now. And I praise you. And I glorify you. I heard a pastor, I read that a pastor said um, many years ago, he said, really, when it comes to prayer, prayer every time should be 80% worship and 20% asking. Why is that? Because many times just getting into the presence of God Almighty is the answer. I'm depressed in and gee, many, including myself, so many times I have not taken the time to press in and just know and be. So therefore, I come up with answers on my own, right? How many have dug into the Word to find the answer even though you were completely bypassing the one who is the answer? You follow what I'm saying? We go looking for an answer when He is the answer. There He sat in the center of the people of Israel. And it says, whenever that cloud raised up by day, the people knew it's time to go. But as long as that cloud stayed, that presence stayed, they knew this is where we're to be. Whenever Moses would enter into the tent of meeting, it said everyone would stand at the entrance of their, of their tents and they would worship the Lord until Moses came out. It was a big deal. The presence of God. And this is the only critical aspect I'm going to say today. The presence of God was the center of the people of Israel at that moment. What is the center of the church today? What is the center of our worship services? What is the center of our Bible studies? What is the Are you following where I'm going? Who's hearing me right now? You following where I'm going? And yet, I know a lot of us can just sense a blanket of God's presence right now. Holy Spirit, you just keep moving right now, just for a moment. Just speak to my heart. I love what Moses said. He'd been given a pretty big task. I've heard there was a million people. I've heard there was three million people. Oh, that's a lot of people. Brought out of Egypt. And Moses said, and I'm going to reverse these two ver- the, the verses here. I'm going, to, I'm going to do verse 15 first and then 14, and you'll see why. Moses said, Lord, I got three million people back here. If your presence does not go with us, if you're what? If your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? And wow, this is so telling. What else will distinguish me and your people from everybody else but your what? The presence of God. Do you know why so many churches are dying on the vine? Because they don't look any different than the rest of the world. They're just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. 
It is the presence of God that distinguishes us from the rest. You say, from like us against them? No, this is reality. This is the truth. This is freedom. His name is Jesus. And I love what the Lord said. Oh, nice and simple. My presence will go with you. But not, he didn't stop there. He said, and I'll give you rest. Come on. When you get into the presence of the Lord, what do you experience? Come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you You know what Jesus was saying? Those of you who are tired of taking care of business on your own, come on over. I'll give you rest. Get in my presence. I'll give you rest. Amen? We have another man in Scripture. Acts chapter 13, listen to this. I have found in David, son of Jesse, a man who always, now we have many times had it uh, uh, translated, a man after God's own heart, but I like this translation as well, who always pursues my heart. We can look at it two ways, a man who has a heart like mine or a man who's going after my heart. And what I love about Acts 13, because that's said a couple times, but uh, Paul says, I have found in David, son of Jesse, a man who always pursues my heart and will accomplish all that I have destined him to do. See, here's the deal. When we get into the presence of God, we don't have to figure it out. We don't have to equip ourselves. We don't even have to have any abilities whatsoever. He will do it through us. David went on to say, and this is the kind of heart he said and, and, and had in Psalm 27, and don't miss this, I love this, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Many times you look at that, always talking about heaven. No, all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of Him in His temple. What's that mean to inquire? No. Just make it simplify. We can, we can come up with a bunch of definitions, but simplify. To get to know. To get to know. Know what? Answers, confirmation, characteristics, you name it, but it's to get to know. And what was David saying? Ah. I just want to be in the presence of God because it's there my answers are found. Do you know what else is found in the presence of God? All through the Scripture, joy, rest. I love what Acts said, in the presence of God you will be refreshed. Oh, anybody need times of refreshing? Come on. In the presence of God you will be taught You will be reminded of what's been already said to you. Mercy, grace, refuge. Now we look at it and we say, oh, that was just Moses and David. They are kind of key figures in the Old Testament of the Bible, right? But the presence of God is tangible through His Holy Spirit. Amen? And what's Acts chapter 2? Just repeating what the book of Joel says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. How many all people do we have here today? 
That's all of us. That's not just Moses. That's not just David. That is all of us. And why pour out His Spirit? That we may know His presence in a way that our Old Testament counterparts had no clue. How is that? How is that possible? Well, in two places in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple? Hey, I want you to point to a temple real quick. Hey, I, okay, get past yourself, point to another one. <laughs> point to a temple around here. Do you not know that you, are, you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? In Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So we look at this, this Exodus temple with these three tribes in each direction, and who was the center of their camp? The presence of God. And where did that reside? The tent of meeting also known as the what? The tabernacle. Also known as what? A temple. Who is the temple of God now? Hearing that. Of meeting now. Who's hearing that? Many of us say, oh, I want to come to church to experience the presence of God. Well, guess what? It ain't going to get here unless you bring it. What would happen if three people walked in completely engulfed by the glory of God because just their moment, just their time is not spent quiet time, check, did my five minutes, did my ten minutes, did my hour, and I'm not trying to knock it down. I'm just saying where quiet time is not about what you're doing, it's who you're being with. Oh, but I don't have enough time. Oh, folks, get in His presence, you'll have more than enough time. See, that's our problem. We've allowed the secular world to tell us why we can't be in the presence of God. Who recalls me saying last week, and boy, I'm going to tell you what, I, every once in a while I'll say something and I'm like, oh man, did I cause a ruckus? Did I? I think Lane uses the term meddling. I was meddling. But it's so true because it's so true for me. We have made our schedules and our calendars an idol. Those things should not dictate our lives. Calendars were not made to tell us what to do. Oh, right away I say that, and people, I know because I did it too, but, 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 Come on, I'm just, I know they're all over, because I was doing it all week. Oh, man, but I've got, how, do my, how am I going to do this? I, my brother Ian, Ian Fry, anybody familiar with our missionary? Ian, Ian said, was talking to me about, a, I guess it was about two years ago, when he had head, headed back, and they made a decision that they, he made a decision, and his team did once he got back there. He said, I picked the most inopportune time of the day to spend time with the Lord, 11 a.m., It didn't matter how deep we were into whatever was going on. We stopped at 11 a.m. to spend time with Him. Oh, how, how, how real could that be? What if you're working here, working there? You know what? I'm telling you now, 
We have got to stop allowing what everything else, what everything else tells us can and can't be when God simply says, come to me, you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Come. Well, how am I going to do this? Get in His presence. I'm sure He'll figure it out for you. It was a monk years ago. I can't even remember his actual name, but they called him Lawrence. Lawrence had chosen to be a monk. He wanted to serve the Lord. That's the way he felt led, I guess. But what was funny was, I guess there weren't many other jobs, so his job was he was going to have to cook for the other hundred monks. So he was kitchen duty. He was the kitchen. So most of his day, if not all his day, was peeling potatoes, washing pots, doing all sorts of stuff. But what was unusual about him was this. He had made a determination, I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care what is needed. I'm going to do it in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to begin thanking the Lord and just praising Him regardless of what's going on or what I'm, however many potatoes I'm peeling or pots I'm washing. I'm going to thank Him. And, and he began to so be engulfed by the presence of God that just joy and rest and mercy and grace and peace was just exhibited all the time, even to the point that the bishops of the church where he, whatever, I can't even remember the country, I think it was Germany, but, or France, I'm sorry, France. Uh, it, it, the bishops went to interview him. What's going on with you? These are the high-ups of the church, by the way. What's going on? You're so different. He said, well, for all points and purposes, I just made it a point to start practicing the presence of God all day. He said, you know the little distractions that come along when you're praying? How many have those distractions? He said, rather than getting annoyed by the distractions, I bring them on into my prayer. You know the frustrations that start to happen? We start thinking of what's going on here, what's going on there. Yeah, I just bring, I invite those in too. I just invite that on in. Lord, how am I going to get all these potatoes? These guys don't think, you know, hey, Lord, I just thank you right now. That frustration, it's really trying to get me, but I'm so glad as I'm in your presence right now. I'm just sensing your peace. And Lord, you're just going to make it possible for me to get dinner done. All glory to you. People from all around would come just to chat with him, and he finally wrote down in just a little, some papers, autobiography, and it's available at most any place they sell Christian books called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. He just decided, hey, I can't make another move without the presence of God. Now, I'm asking you all today, and I'm asking myself, do we wake up daily saying, I don't want to get out of my room. <laughs> I don't want to budge lest His presence goes before me. Oh, but how am I going to do that? I got that. Let the Lord work that out. You know, I talk about my dear wife so much. My family is one of the best... Uh, sermon illustrations I got. But I think about 2011, 2012, January 27th, I think it was, 2012, um, Tracy and I were sitting in the living room. I had just come back from a district meeting, and we're sitting, and 
everybody's in bed, and our youngest at that point was Josie, and Josie's sitting on the floor, and she's a little over about eight months old, and she's learning to sit up, and she'd fall over like many toddlers do, or little ones do, infants do, when they're trying to sit up, and she falls over. One time, never even paid attention to it, because she just fell over. And uh, we're, we continued talking for a few seconds, and I walked over, and I just said, oh, Joe. Well, she didn't look at me, and I walked over to her, and all her color was gone, and there was no breath in her body. I know many of you are aware that this happened, and many of you stood with us to pray. Well, immediately we begin, Tracy begins crying out to the Lord. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. And we call 911 where, you know, all this. Praise be to God, within a matter of moments before the EMTs show up, Josie comes too. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it short in this sense. Doctors at both Augusta Health and UVA had no clue what to do about our child because our child's numbers and everything else were all out of whack, and yet there she sat looking fine. They couldn't quite figure out what to do with her. They couldn't quite figure out what's going on. After three days, they sent her home with uh, multiple doctor's appointments. We had to line up the whole nine yards, neurology appointments. And during that period of about, was it, two, three months, daily, Josie could just be sitting and just keel over. Now, I kept, obviously I had to continue coming to the office and, and whatnot and, and, and taking care of daily life, but Tracy was at home. And I'm thankful because the Lord led my wife in this. She began, after waking up in the morning, she'd sit in her room saying, God, I can't. I don't want to go to the next thing unless your presence and your peace, the peace of your presence goes before me. And daily she would seek His faith. And daily she would worship the Lord. And daily she would seek His face. And daily she was able to walk with the confidence of the Lord throughout each day because His presence filled her with peace, and led her. She was presence-led. For three months this continued until that day, uh, I, I just remember her saying, the Lord spoke to my heart today. Today is the day of Josie's healing. And praise the Lord, Josie has not had a single anything since. You know, praise the Lord. But that was a turning point in my wife's life. To sum it all up, she began to practice the presence of God. Folks, what I'm challenging us over the next weeks is this. It's time. It's time. It's time to le stop leaning on our own understanding. It's time to start acknowledging Him, and not just acknowledging Him, but pressing in to His presence and saying, Lord, I don't want to go until Your presence goes before me. I don't want to budge until You have said budge. And that's going to take a lot of, uh, of self-control. You want to know why? Because there's going to be moments the enemy is going to do what he can do to get you off. That's why you invite that in with you. Lord, you see what's running through my mind, but I'm going to thank you anyways. 
I'm going to praise you right now. As I was studying last night, just my studying last night just amounted to me just finding every place I could find God's presence talked about in here, which really it's the whole word, but specifically. And I started to get a picture of being these vessels, this temple, this tabernacle. And the realization of, uh, I believe Pastor Jim said it to me one time, the church, the gathering place is not a gas station. This is not a fill-up station. It's not. If you look scripturally, whenever anybody got together, they got together first and foremost to do what? Then, after worshiping and praising, if there was anything to inquire about in terms of questions or, or concerns, that would come about. That would just happen, wouldn't it? The answers would just flow. I really do believe that if we walked in here on a Sunday morning having already had a handful of folks practicing the presence of God this morning before they ever got here, <laughs> what would you have a service be like? Because what would you have already brought to it rather than coming to get from it? Who's hearing me right now? You say, oh, but church is where we're supposed to learn about God. No, uh, getting into the presence of God is where you learn about God. We're here just to affirm you in that and worship the same God right along with you. You say, whoa, 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 whoa what, what? Yeah, we need, to get, we need to get this in perspective here. Pastor Dave just happens to be a mouth that's a part of a much bigger body. And I'm here to affirm you today and say, hey, you know what? There is a God who has poured out His Spirit over you if you are in Christ Jesus. And He wants to know you more. And He wants you to know Him more. And He wants to spend time with you. And He wants, he wants you to spend time with Him. And He wants you to know what it is to be in His presence. And not only in it, but then begin to carry it where? Begin to carry it where? Everywhere. See, this isn't about, oh, who's this and who's that or what this person's done or that done. Get past all that. Let's just get into the presence of God. Amen? Now, the whole time I have shared this morning, it's been a little bit of a different sense, hasn't it? Anybody affirm that? It's been a little bit of a different sense in here today, right? I think part of it is the body worshiped the Lord before I even opened my mouth. Testimonies of faith begin to raise up, amen? And I believe today that the Lord wants to even speak to some discouraged hearts that say, oh, it's so hopeless. No, He just wants you in His presence to love you to minister to you, to admonish you. That means to convict you, but also to reveal His love to you in the midst of that. He says, hey, you're not alone.
And I just, I, I just, uh, so this is what I want to do before, as we close up, because there's definitely a different spirit here that today, and I just, I, I just a, a sweet spirit of just rest right now, honestly, in peace. Let's just close our eyes right where we are. Lord Jesus, last week we talked about, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, but Lord Jesus, right now, we, we, we I stand here, I say, Jesus, don't lead us anywhere else if your presence doesn't go before us. If your presence doesn't lead. Lord, we want to so be in tune with your presence that, Lord, we can sense when the cloud is lifted and when the cloud is still there and keeping us at bay. Lord, we want to know, God. We want to know that you're leading White Hill Church of the Brethren. We want to know that you're actually the senior pastor of this congregation. We want to know that you are drawing people from the north, south, east, and the west, not just to hear, but into those places that they may experience, hear truth, and they themselves may begin to press in to your presence. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here with us now because we are, in Christ Jesus, the temple of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, as we press in, as we, we say, Lord, what do you got to say? And in the meantime, we're just going to worship and tell you how good you are. We're going to thank you, Lord, that it's just going to begin moving throughout this place. I'll tell you what I want you to do. This is all I'm going to challenge you to because I'm going to do it too. Let's just, right where we are, just thank the Lord. Even if you're angry at Him, even if you say, I don't know, I don't know if I get this, just thank Him. Just worship Him. Just give Him glory. Right through here. Everyone, just if, if you're in Christ, just, hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship You. We worship You. We glorify Your name. For you are good. Hallelujah. We worship you. Anybody feel so loved? Just want to open their mouth. Hey, you can. Open your mouth and say, Jesus, we glorify you. You are so good. Hallelujah. Just raise your voice to him. As a sweet incense to his ears, coming from a heart that says, I want you first. I don't want your answers. I don't want your oh, I don't want your blessings. I want you first. Hallelujah. Because his blessings and his answers aren't going to do the changing. He's going to do the changing. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We worship you, Lord. And we honor you. Lord, I just pray right now that we set aside trying to find our purpose. We set aside trying to run the programs. And we take hold of the fact that the only thing that's going to take us to anything of fruit, and we're going to look at this next week, guys. The only thing that's going to take us to anything of fruit is abiding in the Spirit of God and He abiding in us, in His presence. 
That's where the fruit will take place. So, Lord, lead us. Mm. We worship you, Lord. If there's any worshipers in the house, I'm just going to have you stand and just for a few more moments, just worship him. Just give him thanks, honor, and praise as a body of believers who loves him, desires to do so. Just worship him, glorify his name. God, you are so good. We give you glory. We give you honor. You are good. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Can we sing one last thing here? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory. Great things He has. Oh, if you love the Lord, let me hear you say amen. Amen.